Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the active skin repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm Deanna Yates and you are listening to episode 172 of the Wannabe Clutter-Free podcast. On today's episode, we're chatting about digital clutter. So often we focus on the physical clutter in our lives, and it makes perfect sense because that's the stuff you see. But the digital clutter, especially in our modern world when we are constantly connected to our devices, can cause us to be overwhelmed so easily. So by the end of this episode, you will have practical tips for purging some of your digital clutter. We're going to look at email specifically today. As I was putting this episode together, I was thinking of all the different kinds of digital clutter and like organizing files on our computers and the photos. Oh my gosh, the photos. That one really gets me because I know it's really challenging. I was thinking about social media, all the apps on our phones and everything. But I deal with email every single day. There's always stuff coming in. It's really important. And a lot of us use our emails as inboxes or not inboxes, but to-do lists. That's what I was looking for. We use our emails as our to-do lists. And so I thought maybe we just start with this one and then I will have this as an ongoing series where I come back and talk about digital clutter over the next maybe three or four episodes, depending as we go. And if you have more questions about them. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at our emails. We're going to figure out how we can calm that chaos there. And then we will add on some other digital clutter areas as we go forward. If you have other areas that you are struggling with, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you are notified when the next episodes come out. I do have some awesome guest episodes lined up for you, and then we will work in these solo episodes with this digital clutter, okay? So go ahead and do that wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast right now you should be able to subscribe. But before I get ahead of myself, I wanna take a moment to say a big thank you for joining me today. I know your life is full. I am honored that you're taking some time to join me for this episode. Thank you for sticking with me with my voice being a little hoarse right now. I am getting over being sick, so I am doing my best to just get back into things. So I will do my best over this next 30 to 45 minutes to give you examples and strategies that you can take with you into your everyday life so that this time is productive for you because I know that you are busy and I know that you have a lot going on and my goal is to be someone who inspires you into taking action because you can listen to me talk and walk you through making these changes but nothing is actually going to change for you if you don't do anything with the information that you hear today. So please promise me that after this episode, you will take one action, even if it's a teeny tiny little action, I don't care how small it is, but just one action that will benefit your life. Pretty please, 
please do that. And then if you do, let me know about it because I want to cheer you on and I want to just know that you are out there making these positive changes for yourself. So really, it does help me. And there is no shortage of ways where you can connect with me. So one of my favorite channels is Instagram right now. I've been on there a lot more uh, regularly. So you can send me a DM or you can tag me in a post. I am at wannabeclutterfree over there. Or you can leave a comment on this episode um, by going to my website and commenting on this post. Uh, You can find it along with the show notes at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 172. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 172. Or you can leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts, or you can comment on this episode in particular on Spotify. And speaking of comments on Spotify, I got the sweetest comment the other day, and I want to share it with you. And it was from Book Dragon, and they said, and I quote, I am a sixth grader, and this podcast really helped me not have a four-week fall apart. Thank you so much, end quote. Book Dragon, you are so very welcome. And if you are still listening or your parent is listening to this, um, I hope they do pass that on to you because I am thrilled to hear that the episode on school routines was helpful to you. And can I just say, I love your name. I am not sure what books you're into, but your name reminds me of the Wings of Fire series, and I'm a big fan. Our daughter was a huge fan of that, and I actually read through all of those books myself. I don't know if that was what inspired your name, but I do love your name a lot. So thank you so much for taking the time to let me know what you think of the show, and I wish you all the best in sixth grade. You've got this. And honestly, if you're listening to this, reviews like this mean so much to me. Not only do they help keep me going, but they are what help me reach more listeners and find more amazing guests for you on the show. It lets me know what episodes resonate the most with you, and it means the world to me when you leave a review. So thank you so much for taking the time. All right, now let's get back to today's topic, which is digital clutter and specifically our emails. Because this is the first now in this digital clutter series, I'm going to start with kind of this overarching theme, and then we will dive into it. And then, like I said, we'll come back in a future episode to deal with the other parts. So if you want to let me know what part you want next, that would be really helpful. And I will get that together for you. But honestly, in today's hyper-connected world, digital clutter has become an increasingly difficult issue that affects everyone. But what do we mean when we talk about digital clutter? Like physical clutter, this term refers to the accumulation of unnecessary, disorganized, or irrelevant stuff. It's just digital. So it's things like data, files, emails, apps, notifications, all of those little dings that inundate us and our digital spaces. So you might notice overflowing email inboxes and fragmented file systems, or that incessant buzzing of your smartphone with notifications from countless apps and social media platforms. And oftentimes the digital world gets pushed to the side because the email inbox is overflowing. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but it's not like overflowing into our space. It's not like piling over into somewhere. We're not tripping over it as we go. It just starts to build up like in our mind and just really clouds our mental state. As our digital environments become more cluttered, we find ourselves spending more time sifting through the digital waste or all of this stuff that's just in our way, and we have less time focusing on what truly matters. There's constant distractions and information overload, and that can lead to those heightened stress levels. It can reduce our concentration. It gives us a sense of overwhelm. It really is pervasive, especially today when we are constantly connected. And so given that nature of digital clutter and its adverse effects, the importance of decluttering our digital spaces cannot be overstated. It is important that we take care of it. And so in this episode, we're going to explore practical strategies and techniques to help you regain control of your digital life. We're going to start with our emails. We're going to systematically address that digital clutter so that you can enhance your productivity, reduce your stress, create a more organized and intentional relationship with technology. Because I don't know about you, but I want to model good behavior so that it's easier for our daughter to see that. I don't want to be on my phone all the time or on my computer all the time. And it's really a challenge to not be, especially when my business is being online. 
And so for her, I want to make sure that I set up parameters. It helps me know what I need to do, when I need to do it, and it shows her healthy habits. And so that is one of the reasons why getting our digital clutter in order is so important because we need to be able to model these behaviors for our children. So this journey to overcoming our digital clutter begins with a clear understanding of its sources and our and its consequences. Now remember, I said we're not going to dive into everything. So we are going to look at it though overall because it's a process. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or difficult, but I think if we lay out the map and the destination and how we want to go, it will help us avoid that. Avoid being overwhelmed, okay? So I do want to look at one more thing though before we really dive into the emails. The first thing is I want us to make sure that we have the process laid out. Very similar to how we would do physical decluttering, I want us to break down the process into manageable tasks because not only will it make it less overwhelming, but it also allows you to track your progress. You can celebrate the small victories along the way because I promise you this is a tedious task because again, you're not seeing it in person, right? When you physically declutter or when you declutter your physical space, You see the boxes filled with stuff getting put in your car and taken out. But when you are doing this with digital clutter, it can be really challenging because there's not a big moment of like you look around and you feel like, oh, I did something. It just happens as you start to go back into your email inbox or you're dealing with your photos. It's a mental thing. So I want to make sure that we are celebrating these small victories along the way. And so one way for us to do that is to make sure we set up the process correctly. So this is the next part of that strategy, right? So we've talked about all the different kinds of areas where we want to declutter. We're going to pick one. I'm doing that for you. And then we're going to set up this kind of process. So it does require time, energy, and focus, right? To effectively address this digital clutter, you need to allocate dedicated time slots in your schedule. Now, it doesn't have to be, I'm doing this every morning at 6 a.m. or I'm doing this at a very strict time, but you definitely want to say like, I want to have time in my day where I'm addressing this maybe a little bit every day or maybe a few times a week at least. Okay, so first is to schedule your decluttering sessions. Just like with physical clutter, it doesn't have to be this huge all day task. It can be a very short amount of time. I'm a huge proponent of 15 minute declutter sessions, both for physical spaces and for your digital spaces. It doesn't have to be crazy long. But if it is dedicated and specific, you can get a lot done in those 15 minutes. Do five minutes if that's all you've got. It's the same thing I tell you with your physical spaces. As long as it is some dedicated time and it is focused, you can get stuff done. So number two on that is to minimize your distractions. So I want you to choose a decluttering environment that minimizes those distractions. You're going to turn off your notifications on your devices. Go ahead and close unnecessary tabs. Only have your email client open because we're working on emails today. Create a focused workspace. Turn on music that is going to just put you in a focused mindset. I use the Deep Focus playlist on Spotify. I love it. It is great for when I just need to concentrate. And I've put that playlist on so many times that it's like a Pavlovian response for my brain. When it hears that music now, it focuses. So that is a huge area of a win. We want to minimize those distractions and really focus. And then the third point is to stay committed. I want you to treat this as a priority. Make a commitment to yourself and follow through with whatever time you set up on your calendar. Maybe you say, I have three days this week where I'm going to devote 15 minutes to my inbox. Put them on your calendar and stick to them. Pretend it is a meeting that if you miss it, you actually have to pay someone money because you lost out on it, right? Pretend it is set in stone that you need to do it. Consider enlisting the help of a family member or a friend to keep you accountable and just say, hey, on this day, I'm going to be doing my email decluttering. Can you just text me at the end of the day to make sure I did it? Because I get it. Sometimes things come up. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like if something happens because I know I'm going to get this, right? Like I know someone's going to email me, but my schedule's so um, all over the place. I can't really set dedicated time. No problem. Fine. But if you say I'm going to do this today, then commit and do it that day. So if it gets to be eight o'clock at night and your kids have gone to bed and you haven't done it yet, take those 15 minutes and please just commit to yourself 
and do it. All right? I know you can. I know you can do it. So just commit. All right. So those are the three things. Schedule your sessions, minimize your distractions, and stay committed. Because when you do this and you break down your tasks, you allocate your time, you stay committed, you will see progress. It will work out for you. Okay? Now, if you don't do these things, you don't have the excuse of saying it doesn't work because you never actually tried it. All right? So just be committed to yourself. All right. So we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will dive into emails. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, Verify your paycheck and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Okay, welcome back. Email inbox time. I promise this is what we're talking about today. Let's get to it. Your email inbox can be one of the most cluttered and overwhelming digital spaces. But I promise with some focused effort, you could regain control. You can make it a more organized and efficient tool for communication. It can be something where you actually, it's useful for you, right? Obviously, it has some use. Otherwise, we wouldn't keep going back to it. But I want to make it a place where you don't feel so icky opening it. You're not terrified to open it. So we're going to work through a few different things. The first thing we are going to do to get this in order is I want you to unsubscribe from unnecessary newsletters and mailing lists. Now, one of the primary sources for email clutter is newsletters. It's these things that you signed up for because you wanted a coupon off something or listened to somebody say something and they had a freebie and you signed up for it. And now you're on all these email lists and you sometimes don't even know who they are, where they came from, what going on. So we're going to take back control. So many times these emails are no longer relevant to you. Maybe they don't interest you anymore. Maybe you've grown past that list, or maybe you decided you don't like shopping at that place, or you got the coupon, you tried it, and you didn't like the stuff, right? But now you're still getting these emails. So we need to unsubscribe. We need to take back control, and it is okay. I'm going to give you permission to unsubscribe from everything that is not actively adding positive things into your life. So let's make it simple. 
right? Here's how you're going to tackle them. You're going to audit your subscriptions. I want you to go through your email inbox and look for just things that you normally delete. So one way this stands out for me is instead of now, I used to just, I'd open up my email on my phone and I would just delete through things. I'd be like, I never look at that. Just delete, delete, delete all the way up. Instead of doing that, I want you to pause, open the email, go to the bottom of it and unsubscribe. Now you no longer have to delete it every time you get it. It took you a little extra time this one time, but we're going and getting it out and we're never having to deal with it again. So go through your inbox and identify those newsletters or mailing lists that you no longer find valuable or relevant. It is okay. You are not going to hurt someone's feelings. Maybe you will, but that is okay. It is not on you. It is not your job to uplift someone by staying on their email, even though it's not relevant to you. And I don't even want any. So if you're listening to this and you're on my email list, I hope you find it useful. I hope you enjoy getting those emails from me. I do my best to put in information that is relevant to you, letting you know this episode came out and what it's about and adding on to it. But if you feel like it is not helpful for you, I want you to get it out of your inbox. You have my permission to unsubscribe, okay? I'm not sure how many people would tell you that when it's their business, but if it's not helpful for you, I don't want you feeling guilty and keeping it in your inbox. And that is how I want you to look at everybody's email that comes into your space. If you are on their mailing list and it is not helping you, go ahead and unsubscribe. You can always go back later. When your email's under control, if you feel like, okay, I'm breathing a breath of fresh air, like I've got this under control now, you can start to add subscriptions back in. It is okay. It is not a one and done. It is not a forever thing. So go ahead. It's okay. And even if you unsubscribe to all of them and then decide what you're missing, if you find like, oh, I feel like I'm missing something, that's a totally acceptable way to do it too. So just go ahead and look at what you're getting and get rid of the ones that you definitely auto-delete, those are a great place to start if you're struggling with knowing where to go. So I want you to unsubscribe proactively, right? Newsletters are required to have an unsubscribe link in their emails. It is generally found at the bottom, so it's easy to do. Go ahead and click on those links to unsubscribe from the list that you no longer wish to receive emails from. Now, if you're getting cold emails, Those are more difficult because if they're one-offs, they're not required to have an unsubscribe list. So those you are probably going to have to just delete them. But what I do is I generally will just send them to junk or to the, in Google, it's the promotions tab. So I will send people over there. That way it doesn't come to my inbox. And that way I'm able to just get rid of them out of sight, out of mind. And then later, if I'm having to deal with archiving things, we can deal with that later. But this is just to get things out of our like immediate inbox. So if it is a newsletter, it is required to have an unsubscribe, okay? If it's not a newsletter and it's a one-off, you can mark that as junk or that email address that it came from. You can go ahead and say, I don't want to get this anymore. So that is very helpful. Another place I would encourage you to delete newsletters from are from stores. If you are actively trying to declutter your home and get rid of the things that you are not using, I want you to put a pause on buying which is easier to do when you're not tempted. So please take a moment, trust that this works, try it, and unsubscribe from the marketing emails that you're getting. So if you're on CB2's or Crate and Barrel's list, unsubscribe. They send you so many emails, it's ridiculous. Just unsubscribe from them or a clothing store or I don't know, wherever you get your emails from. Just unsubscribe from them because out of sight is out of mind. You will not be tempted to buy something just because it's cute. At this point, you will then go, if you actively need something, that is a different issue. That is something different. So if you actively need something and you search for it and then you buy it, that is great versus being tempted by something being pushed at you in your face saying, hey, isn't this cute? Don't you want me? Now don't you feel bad because you don't have this? So that's what we want to get rid of the emails for. So go ahead and unsubscribe from all of those catalog kind of emails because if you want something, you will go look for it. Okay. And so then my last tip here is to create a subscription folder. 
for any of those newsletters that you want to keep but you don't want in your main inbox. And I would recommend actually just having a test period of putting all of your subscriptions into one separate folder. We could set up rules later for different things and we'll talk about that. But just for now, as we're clearing things out, you can create one folder for newsletters and put everything into there. Set up a rule to automatically move these emails here so they don't actually come to your inbox. It will help you see which subscriptions and newsletters you've missed along the way. So put them in there, give it a week or two and see what else is coming into your inbox. And it helps just sort things much faster for you going forward because there might be things that you miss. All right, so that is the beginning. We want to unsubscribe from those unnecessary newsletters and those email lists. And we're going to take another quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we are going to talk about sorting and organizing emails into folders. And we'll talk about archiving or deleting old emails. And I have a tale of woe from my own life. That is kind of a funny story. So make sure you come back and listen to that. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Okay, welcome back. Let's start talking about how we can actually organize the emails that come in that we actually want. So we've gotten rid of the junk that's the easy stuff, right? The easy clutter, the newsletters, the catalogs, those kinds of things. If we're thinking about it in terms of our home, that's the first level stuff, right? That's the garbage the broken things, the things we don't actually need or actually use or even want anymore that we just have been holding on to because we just never had a moment where we said, all right, it's time to get rid of this stuff. That's the first level. So now we're going to go on to the second level, which are things we actually want, but maybe we don't need them out on the table, right? This is putting things in bins, putting them away, putting them, organizing them, those kinds of things. That's the next level. And these are going to be labels. So labels are essentially, they're just folders where you can move stuff out of your inbox. You can put them in these folders so that you can find them later. You can save things just in case. You can save things for reference. So look at your inbox and see what categories jump out to you. You might have things like work, personal, school for your kid's school. You might have their different activities they do. I have a lot of different labels. I actually do a pretty good job of categorizing things to different things. I have lots of different email addresses. And so it really will depend, though, on what you have coming into your inbox. So you might have something for your work, and then there you might have different categories under work. You might have personal, so you might have finances, you might have friends and family, and then you put those under your personal, and you might have your kids' stuff and stuff that you need to look back at. 
you might have a just-in-case file that is going to be things for like warranties or things you've purchased, things that you need to look back at if somebody comes back and says, hey, you requested this refund, we never got the thing, or we didn't get something, or it didn't go as planned. And you can say, no, look, I have this email showing proof of whatever it was you thought um, needed to happen. So those are those kind of just in case. And it's great to have one of those because that way you know where to look back quickly. Also, you can always search throughout your email. That's definitely a point that needs to be made. It's easy to search emails. And so we want to use those labels so that we can make it easier to find things when we need them. So once you make your labels, though, please remember you have to use them. And so this is where you can spend one of your 15-minute declutter organized sessions that is dedicated to this. And you can say, okay, I'm going to go through, I'm going to spend 15 minutes, I'm just going to be categorizing labels. But I'm going to tell you one of my favorite ways to do this is you don't have to do every single email by itself. When you are in Gmail, or yeah, I think it's Gmail does this, you can right-click on an email and then you can click find emails from. And this allows you to find all of those emails from that same person. And at that time, you can then mark them all as read. You can move them. You can archive them. You can delete them. You can do anything that you need to do with this whole group of emails instead of just one-offs. So you can search for emails from. So let's, for instance, say you were searching for an email from me. You could say, Deanna, want to be clutter-free and see what comes up. And then you can click on all of those at one time and you can put them into your wannabe clutter free. You can archive them. You could delete them. If you've already read them, that is totally fine. It is okay also to delete things once you have already done whatever it is you need to do with them. You don't need to hold on to them just because. So that is a really great way to organize a bunch of emails at one time. Okay. You can also use advanced search options. So you can search with multiple criteria. You can say, emails that have come from these people, whatever the email address is, prior to and a date, and then you can delete all your old emails. If you want to delete anything that's over a year old, fantastic. You can do that and make it, it makes it really easy to do so by using these advanced search terms. Okay. So another thing you can do are set up rules. So once you've actually gone through all the emails you already have, you can then set up rules for any incoming messages that come in. And this will automatically filter or route them to appropriate folders if you need to. This is amazing. It's a huge time saver because maybe you want to keep an email, but you don't want to actually have to do anything with it. Like maybe it is just something that needs to be archived immediately right off the bat. And then also go back through and look at these ever periodically and make sure you're deleting anything you no longer need. Okay, so a rule, for example, let's say you have a bunch of emails that come in from different sources and you listen to a bunch of different podcasts and everybody has a newsletter and you say on Saturday mornings is when I want to sit down with my cup of coffee and I want to look through all these newsletters. Instead of having to deal with them as they come in, you can set up rules. So let's say you use Gmail and a lot of different programs will have different ways, but they're going to be somewhat similar in vernacular. So just listen to this. As we go through, let me know if you need help with a specific email, but generally you can Google it if you use these terms. So in Gmail, you would go up to settings and then you go to all settings and then go to labels. And then this is where you can create these really cool labels. And I have a bunch. I used to have a ton of these. We'll talk about my funny story in just a minute (laughs) and how it has helped me with my email. But you will go down to the bottom and I'll say create new label. If you have labels in there, it's at the top of your labels, but if it's new, it'll be at the end, at the bottom. So let's walk through creating a filter. So I'm going to be in Gmail. This is pretty simple, especially if you're coming from your inbox. So at the very top in the search bar, type in whatever address it is where your newsletters come from. We're going to pretend we're doing this for a newsletter. We want all our newsletters to go in one label. So on Saturday mornings, we can open it up drink our cup of coffee, and go through the newsletters. So up at the top search bar, type in the email address who it comes from. Then you're going to hit create filter. It's right next to the search bar. On that next screen that comes up, the very top box is skip the inbox. So what this does is it means it never actually goes into your inbox. 
Then the fourth one down is apply the label. And this is where you're going to choose that newsletter label that you just created. And then what you'll do is at the very bottom of that, it says also apply the filter to however many matching conversations. So this means you're going to clear all of the newsletters or all of these emails from whoever this email address is, and they're going to put them all into this newsletter file for you all at once. So you only have to do this one time and then go ahead and create filter and it will automatically be done for you. And so you can do this for every single newsletter that comes in, however it works best for your inbox. This makes it really easy to go ahead and filter and apply those labels and then things are categorized easily for you. So these are those rules that will make it much easier for you to keep your inbox clear of things that you don't need to deal with every single day. And it keeps the important stuff front of mind and this other stuff can be filed away and it makes it much easier. All right, so let's talk about archiving emails. Oh boy, I have a really funny story about archiving my emails. It is a cautionary tale, but I'm surprised at how well it worked. Not really how well it worked, but just what it allowed me to do. Over time, your inbox is going to get filled. Like, my husband has so many emails in his inbox, it would drive me crazy. Like, it would drive me up the wall to have that many emails. I can't have, like, unread emails sitting in my inbox. It just makes me overwhelmed. But he, it doesn't bother him. So, well, if you're like me and you need to get these cleared out, those emails are going to accumulate over time. You need to get rid of them because they're going to contribute to your clutter. So here's my funny story. I learned the hard way that archived actually means filed. Archived is not that purgatory place. You know how when you delete your photos on your phone and they go to recently deleted and they sit there for 30 days? For some reason, I had this thought that is what archived was. They were things that I had already, I'd put in the trash, but they were just sitting there. They weren't actually being deleted. They were just things that I didn't want and they were archived. That's not what they are. <laughs> so don't do that. If you don't want this to happen to you, then don't do this. <laughs> what I did was when I finally replaced my computer after a decade, I was cleaning things up. I actually went and deleted the archived messages from two of my email accounts, like my main ones, like my main personal one and, and one of my old work ones. It was over 30,000 messages. Yes, you heard that right. 30,000 messages. You guys, I am in my 40s. I have had email forever as an adult. Ever since my adult life, I have had email, which means I had over a decade of emails in here. Okay. So they were filed. They were, I had so many messages and I've been so good about filing them away. They were organized. They were cataloged. I just deleted them. I hadn't actually meant to do it. I really didn't. And when I realized what I did, I panicked. Like I went, I was like, okay, I'm just going to delete all these archive messages. And it was like, do you want to delete? It was like over 20,000 emails from one, from like my personal email. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a lot of messages, but sure. And I kind of panicked. I went, what did I do? Now, here's the thing. They were sitting in my garbage. I easily could have pulled them all back in and saved every single one of those emails. I had a moment of, oh my God, what did I get rid of? What am I going to miss? Did I make a huge mistake? Definitely hyperventilating. And once I took a moment to focus, I took a deep breath. I looked through the garbage and I went, I don't really want to have to deal with these 20,000 plus messages. I am just going to roll with this. I am going to look through. And just like I have said, when you're decluttering, it's much easier to focus on what to keep than what you're getting rid of. That is what I did with my emails. I decided I was going to look through the emails from the last year only, count not just from January, but from last, like July to July or whatever. I was going to look through and just figure out from the last year, what do I need to keep? Once I went through those emails, then I searched for the senders that I knew I wanted to keep things from. So like family members, if there was anybody, friends, family, important things, school emails, those kinds of things. 
I went ahead and specifically searched for those and then kept those. In the end, there were probably over 19,000 emails that I just let go of. We're talking things that really I didn't need to keep clearly. I was getting rid of those statement emails saying like, your statement is now available. I was getting rid of like old bills that really didn't matter. Like things that mattered, I'd printed out or I'd saved elsewhere. Like tax, I'm talking about like tax documents, business documents, things like this. So these emails didn't really matter. It has been over half a year and I am okay. Like it's okay. If it was an important email, it came back up to the top. I was able to find things in my sent emails that I needed but wasn't able to find elsewhere. I was able to just have this moment. It was so freeing to not actually have to deal with deleting every single email on their own individually. I never would have done it. Now, I'm not saying this is something that everyone should do. It's a super drastic approach. I don't want to recommend that you do it because if you lose something that's really important, I don't want to be the one that's on the hook for it. But you can make the decision if you want to say like, you know what, anything that's over maybe five years, I don't need to keep. Maybe seven years if we want to go by tax standards. So let's say, okay, anything seven years old, I'm going to go ahead and search for it and I'm going to delete it. Maybe that will feel great and that will work for you. All I know is that I haven't actually needed the emails. And so what turned from a panic moment has been completely freeing. And it is shocking the things we keep. It's just another lesson in life that we keep things because we think we need them or because we're afraid and we don't end up actually needing them. So here are my recommendations, though, for archiving and deleting old and irrelevant emails. I want you to use those search and filters. Use that search function and filters to identify and group together emails that are old or irrelevant. You can search for keywords, dates, specific senders. As you're looking through, you can say, oh my gosh, I don't need any of these. I don't need Facebook emails. Facebook that tells me someone liked a post, why am I keeping those? And in my instance, I had just set up a filter and had completely forgotten about them. So I probably had thousands of Facebook emails that got deleted. So some of these things you can just blanket delete. Maybe that is the case for you. Look through using your search and filters and figure out the things you can actually let go of. Then I want you to batch delete or archive things. So once you've identified these emails, you can do that. You can batch delete them. You can archive them. Make sure you're using your caution when you're deleting to avoid losing important things. But it's likely there's going to be things that you don't actually need. If there are general notifications, like here's what I noticed, right? Like I was getting the emails that said your bank statement is ready. You have a bill statement that can be downloaded, right? It wasn't actually the thing itself. It wasn't the actual statement in my email because that's not secure. So usually it's just the idea that this thing is ready. It's a notification. It wasn't the thing itself. So when that's the case, I don't keep those notifications emails anymore. I used to keep them. I don't know why but I have since let go of those. So now I get the notice. I'm like, oh, great. Bills due. I've already set it up in my auto pay. I don't have to worry about this. And I let it go. I delete it and get it out of my life. So you need to use that ability to say, I don't actually need this thing in my life because it's not actually the thing I need, right? So just look at your emails with a little bit more of a lens to say, do I actually need this or is it just a notification? And then go ahead and set up your email limits. So to prevent future clutter, consider setting up email limits for yourself. So for me, I used that one year as a timeline to say, I'm going to look back over the last year and keep anything that's important from a year. If it's over a year old, I likely don't need it in my email. I have likely already done what I needed to do with it. And then make a promise to yourself that you will actually Do the things you need to do. Take the actions on the emails that you need to and let go of the notification or the email because you've already taken the action. So if you need to download something for your taxes, download it for your taxes and keep it where you need to keep it. If it's a statement and you need to pay the bill, set up auto pay and delete the notification. Set up those limits and then go back through and say, okay, every six months I'm going to look through, I'm going to pull my filter look through things that are six months old and delete the things I don't need. And that will keep you up with a clean inbox 
That's not going to be your to-do list because you are taking the action, right? The email itself is not the action. It's not your to-do list. Write it on a to-do list so you can actually take care of it. Get the email out of your inbox. I am not an inbox zero person. I think I should mention that at the moment. I don't actually file everything. I try to take care of it and then get rid of it instead of filing it away for the to-dos. There are some things I will do that because if it doesn't need to happen today, then generally I will put it and I will batch everything and do those things on a certain day in my schedule. But I generally don't put them in a to-be-done folder, which I know is maybe a little bit doesn't really make sense, but it works for me. If you are an inbox zero person, great, go for it. I just found it added an extra step in my life that complicated it and made it harder to actually get through the stuff than if I just took the action and did the thing instead of setting up, dragging something into a to-be-done folder. I just would do it and take care of it instead of filing it away. All right, which is doesn't make sense when I talk about all the filters in the files, but those are for things that you want to look at another day and you don't actually even have them come into your inbox because they're not that important in the first place. And if you didn't get to them, then it wouldn't be a big deal. Does that make sense? I hope that made more sense. All right. So please know that decluttering your email inbox is a process. It's going to take time unless, of course, you just auto archive everything like I did and then panic, but it will take some time. So if you have a backlog of emails and if there are things that are important and you want to keep them, It's going to take you a moment, but it's worth it because you will significantly reduce your digital stress and improve your email management efficiency. If it's not important, then go ahead and auto archive it or just put everything in a folder and deal with it at another day. And you can do that systematically over time using those filters and those search searches. But do use my cautionary tale as a moment of maybe that won't work for you, but maybe it will. Anyway, that is emails. Let me just recap really quick. Oh, actually, there is one more tip that I want to leave you with today. So this is like the bonus tip that I loved when I set this up. It was a game changer for me. I want you to have a dedicated email that is for shopping. I no longer want you to use your main personal email for all of those mailing lists. I want you to set up a new email that is only for those things so that you are dedicated when you go to that area and it's not clogging up your inbox with the important things. You're getting notifications from your kid's school. You're getting bill notifications. You're getting doctor notices or whatever you're getting in your email that is important. I don't want it getting buried under any shopping emails. So when you now go sign up for something, I want you to have a dedicated shopping email so it automatically goes to that other place. Do you know how much easier it is to delete all of those sales emails when they're all in one place? It is a game changer. So that is, I'm sorry I left it for the very end. I'm going to go back into the very beginning of this and tell you that you have to stay for my favorite tip, which is at the very end. But please do that. Set up a dedicated email for all of that junk and extra stuff that you're getting. Because I know you want to sign up for the coupons. I want to sign up for the coupons, and I still do. But I also no longer have them come where my important emails are. I guard my email inbox because it is a pain in the butt to deal with. So I don't want all of the stuff coming there in one place. I want to sort it. And you can have emails. Like You can have so many emails. They are free. It's not a big deal. Just go to Google, create another one, and you're all set. All right, so have a dedicated shopping email. That's my favorite tip. All right, so going back through these real quick, Make sure you set up your strategy. We know what we're dealing with. Today we're dealing with email. We will come back and deal with the others. Then I want you to break down the tasks. I want them to be manageable. I want you to set aside time, schedule these sessions, minimize your distractions, stay committed. Then when you're looking at your emails, we're starting with unsubscribing from that junk. Get it into this new email that you're setting up so you don't have to deal with it in your important email inbox. Then you're going to go ahead and sort and organize your emails into folders. You're going to use rules that you're setting up so that things skip your inbox automatically. If you haven't, obviously, if we didn't have the shopping email before, we're going to be getting a lot of junk into our main personal email. We don't want to deal with that on a regular basis. Set up rules and filters. Unsubscribe if you decide after a while you're not actually looking at these things. Please, in two weeks, go back through your emails and see what you don't need and what you actually didn't miss reading and unsubscribe from them, okay? 
and then go ahead and archive those important emails. And then remember to do regular maintenance. You're going to need to spend a few minutes each day clearing that inbox and making sure that it doesn't get too overwhelming. And in doing so, you will be archiving, deleting, and getting rid of old irrelevant emails. Maybe it's just a few minutes a day after you get through that first purge and you will stay on top of it. Okay? So that leads us to the end of today with our email and digital decluttering. So make sure you are subscribed so that you will be notified of the next podcast episodes in this series. We will deal with photos, social media, computer files, and our phones. So let me know what you want to hear about next, okay? And with that, I want to turn it to you. So come and let me know what your thoughts were on this episode. Are emails a problem for you like they are for me or were for me? <laughs> and how do you deal with your email clutter? So remember, there are lots of ways to interact with me on this show. So pick your favorite. If it's Instagram or Facebook, you can send me a DM, tag me in your stories, comment on this post. I'm at wannabe clutter free on the social channels. You can come over to our Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook. You can share with the community there. There will be a discussion thread for this episode, and we, of course, would love to chat with you in the comments. If you prefer podcasting, obviously you're listening to this, so if you want to comment, you can leave a review or a comment there. So in Apple, you can leave the review. Spotify, you can leave a comment on this specific episode. If it's traditional blogging, you can leave a comment on my website, wannabeclutterfree.com slash 172. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 172. And as always, thank you for joining me. So if you made it this far, I would be thrilled if you left a rating and a review for this show. It will only take a minute and means so much to me. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day. I will see you back here next week. I have a guest interview with Adrian Bishop on the docket and... I loved this conversation. It was exactly what I needed on the day we had the conversation. We were talking about, well, it was really going to be about having your kids help you around your home, but the insights she provided were amazing, mind-blowing, so good. It really helped me see my daughter in a new light and our relationship and how we interact. So it was so much more than just getting your kids to help around the house. It was like, about how to get your kids to help around the house in a way that works for everybody. It was amazing. So please, please, please make sure you check out next week for episode 173 with Adrian Bishop. And I will see you back here next week. And until then, take care, think clutter-free, and remember, I believe in you. I know you can do this. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter-Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.